Welcome to Ulrich Observations, a series of short podcasts by Castletown Heritage Society, exploring the social history and heritage of the village of Castletown and the parish of Ulrich in Caithness, Scotland. Episode 17, Crop Production at Mount Vernon Farm in 1822. The world of accounts is not usually appealing to me. Recently, however, I was given a faded page of accounts written with ink and a dipping pen, itemising the expense to the owner, Captain David Henderson, of the cultivation and harvesting of his land at Mount Vernon in Thurso in 1822. The apparently dry list of numbers began to paint a picture of local farming as it was 200 years ago, long before the advent of binders, balers, combines or even tractors. Captain Henderson of Stemster had inherited Oldfield, which included Mount Vernon, on his marriage to Marjorie Williamson. The land had been let to her father, or even her grandfather, by Sir John Sinclair of Thurso East. Known as Agricultural Sir John, he was careful in his choice of tenants. After investing a lot of money in the new methods from the south, of burning, liming and manuring previously unproductive land. The first items on the account relate to the ploughing of the fields of Mount Vernon, now a housing estate. Charlie Angus, who farms Oldfield now, tells me that there were two fields, one of 18 acres, Millfield, the other of 16 acres, known as Cemetery Field. No dates are given, But traditionally, ploughing started at Candlemas, which fell on the 2nd of February. Allowing for the vagaries of the Caithness climate, let's say by the end of February. It took over a month to plough the 34 acres at an outlay of £20, two shillings, employing one plough, horse and ploughman. Over the whole season, this was the most expensive procedure. Next, at half the cost, came harrowing, with a pair of horses and a driver working for two weeks, while the spreading of manure took three weeks. Over that time, a total of 41 people were engaged in loading the one horse and cart. The wages of women, being half that of men, four pence a day, and the lad even less. It's remarkable that carts had only been used in Caithness for 33 years at that time. The purchase of 22 and a half balls of early oats for sowing cost Captain Henderson 16 pounds seven and sixpence, compared to a much smaller quantity of beer, which is spelt B-E-A-R in the accounts, at the same rate, 15 shillings a bowl. Beer, as you know, is a type of old barley. A bowl was a volume measurement amounting to four bushels for wheat and six bushels for oats. The Mount Vernon account meticulously notes the exact quantity of beer as four balls, two furlots and two pecks. 
The hay harvest over an area of six acres, two roots and 39 falls was again exactly calculated. No rounding up as the 39 was only one short of the 40 falls to make it a root. It paid to be precise as the cost was three shillings sixpence per acre. Three single carts carried the hay to be put into tramp coals. Maurice Pottinger tells me that these were smaller temporary heaps built, in this case by four men, near the field gate. As the harvest progressed, these coals would be dragged by rope to the site of the haystack. On Mount Vernon, six men and women stacked the hay. Twelve stones of wheat straw were purchased to thatch the built haystack and a man was employed for three days to twist lengths of Simmons or straw rope for the stack once the four men had finished the thatching and securing. This took three hours of hard graft. The corn harvest started on the 12th of September and 22 women were engaged cutting or shearing, as it was called here, all day at one shilling per day. Their five male counterparts worked at binding the oats. All the workers were given two diets of meal to sustain them for the day. A week later, 10 more women finished the cutting, followed by the men binding. Again, they were fed by the farmer at a cost of four pence a head. Two days later, the crop was brought in by five double carts and drivers, five women forking the corn as one man built up the stack. This procedure was repeated until October the 2nd. A few days later, the bear harvest began in the same way, with both men and women forking and building the stack. Finally, five men busily produced Simmons to secure the large corn stack until the crop was needed. What struck me about the farm work was the number of labourers working together. Although the work was obviously physical and the days long, there must have been a lot of friendly conversation and banter, or just the chance to complain to others about their hours, pay, conditions and the employer, or discuss family issues. Some people fear that with present-day mechanisation, the life of a farmer or farm worker can be pretty solitary, with little opportunity to talk to others for hours on end. Have we made progress at the expense of well-being? Perhaps not. Some procedures still require a work squad. I saw recently on Facebook that Bower Young Farmers turned out to the tune of 26 members to cover the silage pit of a local farmer. I expect there was a lot of banter and a deal of complaining too. So next time you drive past the Thurzow swimming pool, think of the scores of farm workers who toiled to lay down and harvest the crop in 1822. If you would like to find out more about Castletown Heritage Society, the village of Castletown or the parish of Ulrich, visit our website www.castletownheritage.co.uk.